Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Armstrong podcast show. And uh, this evening, or uh, afternoon stateside, uh, we're joined by Angela Heath, who is uh, a speaker and trainer uh, based in Maryland, uh, near Washington, D.C., uh, on the East Coast. So uh, how are you doing today, Angela? Are you okay? I am fabulous. Brilliant. That's, uh, that's the right way to answer that question. So um, well done for that. And and what makes uh, what makes today or, or you in general so fabulous? Then tell us more about about you and what you do. Okay. Well, what makes today fabulous is simply a choice. I wake up every day and decide I am having a fabulous day. So that's simply a choice. But um, in terms of my actual day, what makes me who I am is I help um, two groups of, of, of folks. I help individuals who are what I call mature experts, help them to become self-employed and build a lifestyle business. I had a consulting company for over 20 years and people are always asking me, how did you do it? How did you do it? I wonder if I can do it. And my answer is always yes. If you want to put the work in, you can take your skills and talents and offer consulting or coaching or whatever. So I work with those folks. And then the other thing that I do that I'm really having fun with these days is working with business people and speakers and helping them to understand the whole virtual speaking game. And uh, how do we look better, sound better, be more comfortable, translate our offline, offline message to online communication and um, how do you monetize, you know, different speaking engagements. Yeah, good. So um, have you been involved in the, the online virtual speaking um, uh, industry or sector for a while then, for, for, for a long time before COVID hit? See, this is the deal. This is so interesting, right? So, you know, I told you I had a consulting group for about 20 years. Well, the only reason why that company closed is because my kid was, was sick. Um, he was diagnosed with leukemia. And so for two and a half years, I was a hospital mom. And I had to figure out, I couldn't travel around the country anymore speaking and training. So I had to figure out how can I earn some income online? And Mike, I tried everything. I tried everything and nothing was successful until finally I came back to who are you? What is your skill set that you love and people are willing and have always been willing to pay you for? It was speaking and training. So, you know, I started working with the mature experts, helping them to become self-employed because that's training. And when COVID hit, that's when I figured out that I can help people master this virtual environment. I had just been doing it for my own company. I never thought about offering it as a service, but actually clients came to me and said, we know you've been online for a while doing master classes and summits. Can you help me? And that's how it started. Brilliant, brilliant. So uh, yeah, that's really good. Um, I, I've got a sort sort of similar background, a similar history, I suppose. Um, 
you know, I've been working from home for the last eight years, trying to persuade more mature entrepreneurs, business owners um, to use the power of the internet and not just do things the traditional way they've always done it because you know the businesses who stuck to doing things the traditional way and hadn't embraced digital and technology right now were dying they died in the dot-com boom they died in the recession you know, they're, they're the ones who keep you know suffering from time to time and so you know that was my mission for the last eight years was getting people to you know do some more stuff online do more digital marketing you know, do SEO, get their websites ranking, get their website earning for them, all those sort of things. And then obviously COVID come along and like with you, forced a lot of people into wanting to make those choices and make those decisions. So, yeah. Yeah, so- I think COVID has really been good for that market because like you said, you know, the, the, the fear, and this isn't everybody, but far too many people, that fear around this whole thing, it has forced everybody all around the world to move forward. Everybody is further along this digital understanding than they were prior to COVID, right? Yeah, definitely. And it was fear that was stopping them from doing it. And then it was fear that made them do it in the end. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, uh, so yes, but um, I, I think it's actually, I think COVID, um, the first lockdown, which lasted three months in the UK, I don't know how long it was in the States. I know it was this different in different states. Um, but I think that three months accelerated the, the, the transformation or adaptation to technology by about 30 years was my Absolutely. Opinion, you know, it would have taken 30 years for everyone and the older people to have retired or passed on and, and the younger people to have moved up to the, you know, instead of the 10, you know, the tens to forties doing online, you know, it would take 20, 30 years for the, that to be the 10 to sixties all doing online. And right. then in three months, it was the sort of tens to eighties or tens to nineties doing everything online. So it, it just accelerated it you know, massively. You know, I I think, you know, certainly I would never wish COVID on anybody, any nation. Um, But I think for business people who have not been impacted by it, you know, suffering in that way, it's a beautiful time to try something new, to take your business and recraft it, repackage it, perhaps add to it, subtract from it. And look at the online space to figure out how can you reach that target audience more effectively and what can you offer them that they really need. So it, it can actually be a time of, of growth. I, you know, Mike, I feel like, you know, a lot of what happens to us is really part of our own choice. Not all of it but we can choose to make the lemonade, right? Because, yeah. you know, this, this is a bunch of lemons, yeah. but we can choose that. And we can use new strategies like partnerships to see how we can help one another survive. We can, you know, look across our ecosystem and say, hey, you know, you're an artist and I'm a musician. Can we get together and make some wonderful music and sell it 
on different platforms and to different customers and clients. Let's look at how, instead of being, you know, competitors all the time, how can we actually work together for the betterment of both companies? Definitely, definitely. And and we've gone to such a, a world now with technology and with innovation that it's sort of like, you know, rather than uh, making lemonade out of the out of the lemons, it's how can I extract the citric acid and turn it into a load a range of cleaning products, you know, or, or how can I take, you know, some extract out of the out of the um, chemicals that are in lemons and turn them into some health products. You know I mean it's right. it's, it's Technology and and, and 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 innovation is so far advanced now that people need to really be so creative in what the possibilities are because the possibilities are endless. Just like you know, so many people have switched their businesses to you know ventilators and PPE and right. and all sorts of things and. You know, and that's the sort of innovation that, you know, you get some people who are like, well, I couldn't pivot my business, you know, and it's just like, you know, because they was thinking about, you know, just how do I go from here to there, rather than thinking about how can I literally transform my business from this, right. something completely right. different, you know, so it was limiting thought processes and limiting, you know, it's the, the choice of whether you see, um, you know, this sort of crisis as a crisis or whether you see it as an opportunity and most entrepreneurs see opportunity in every crisis there's always opportunity in a crisis i mean i i love to go back and read sort of like autobiographies of founders and just to learn a little bit about the truth of how they got from point you know a to z so oftentimes we're looking at what they're doing now, you know, they've made it. And so we're quoting what they're doing now. We're following them now, but it is fascinating when we go back and we look at how they started yeah. and not just, you know, I, I put my product or my service out there and everybody ran to buy it. Most of the time there's a build, you know, I, I tell people all the time, if you're looking for, um, you know, the ability to today launch out on your own and tomorrow be a multimillionaire, it probably won't happen. Now, it can happen quicker in these days, but there's a build. It's called business building. And if you don't actually understand that, then you're going to be disappointed and you'll probably give up too soon. But in every, every crisis, there is a golden opportunity. We just have to be open enough, creative enough, patient enough, persistent enough, you know, and willing to fail, if you will. I don't believe in failure until you quit. Um, to test, test it. Ah, that didn't work. Move on. I test things all the time. That's why I like looking at the pictures of like um, Jeff Bezos and. Um, Bill Gates and um, Zuckerberg and you know um, Tim, what's his name from um, Apple? You know they all they all started in their garage, and right. uh, and, and and what a lot of people um, they they um, overestimate how much can be done in a short period of time, and underestimate how much can be done in a long period of time. And actually, with a bit of patience, 
you can almost get anywhere in life, you know, if you, you're willing to take the steps, you know, and you're willing to do it every day, day in, day out, then, then 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and you could be, you know, billions of miles away from where you first were before you took the steps. You know, I got a great reminder of that, like a couple weeks ago, I was listening to um, a woman who's like a seven, seven figure coach. And um, she was just reminding the audience of her humble roots, because many of the people who were listening in were just getting started. And she said, you know, the first course that I put out there, I had three people sign up for. And most of the people, when we did this breakout discussion groups, they were saying, you know, I only had two people sign up for my, I had one and I canceled it. And her message was, don't cancel that. Don't despise small beginnings. If this is something new you're offering, what a, a, a gift to be able to test it with a small group of people, give them the best of what you have to give, you'll find out from that small group what needs to be tweaked and changed. And if you do a good job by just giving value, giving, giving, they will go tell their friends, hey, I took this incredible class. I would recommend it for you. So, you know, those small beginnings, especially for people who are just starting out because of COVID, you know, they, they got laid off or, you know, they, they, they're afraid that they're going to lay off and they're trying to prepare for the eventuality of that. Start where you are and just keep going. Never stop learning. Never stop connecting with other people and look for synergy. You know, that's, that's really the key. Definitely, definitely. I'm on a mission to become a global speaker. So like all the people I tend to meet and speak with at the moment are, you know, podcasters, other speakers, event people, because, you know, I, I'm not going to become a global speaker by, you know, getting a global speaking gig. I get a, I become a global speaker by starting off as somebody who does free speaking, then does paid for speaking, and does slightly more paid for speaking and works their way up the ladder until you're at the final destination. Well, we're on the same, we're in the same track. Yeah. We're in the same okay. track. That's my goal too. I, I, I told someone about COVID. I said, you know, since co prior to COVID, prior to COVID, I, I do uh, summits where I bring in international speakers. So I've always had, you know, maybe four or five representatives of different nations in my summits. So yeah. that's, I started that prior to COVID. But since COVID, I have met so many people on, you know, so many different parts of the world. And oftentimes I've been speaker on panels where I've been the only American, you know, speaking on a panel in different nations. It's just phenomenal. So for me, this quest to become a global speaker because of what has happened with COVID, you know, I, I'm accelerating. I'm accelerating. You know, I mean, yes. look at you. You're over in the UK and, and I'm in the US, yes. you know, so it's just phenomenal. I mean, the world truly is our marketplace now. Yeah, and I was just going to say, if ever you're in an event and they're looking for a Welsh speaker who's got dragon's blood in his veins, then uh, I'm your man. 
Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, and, and obviously, uh, you know, if uh, likewise, um, I'm actually connected to uh, Intrabiz, which is a global networking and events company. And we just did a seminar um, with Les Brown and Brian Tracy and Dr. John D. Martini, mm-hmm. Sharon Lecter from Rich Dad Porter, Kevin Harrington from the Shark Tank, and loads of other top speakers. And uh, we're doing three more seminars next year, and we're looking for speakers. Uh, for our events as well so you know um, definitely uh, let's stay in touch and connect on socials and tag me in I'm more than happy to share any uh, anyone who tags me in information to my community I'm big into social media marketing I've got like 100 Facebook pages 50 Facebook groups um, oh my gosh how do you keep up with all of that because I work every hour under the sun um, I've got about five Instagram accounts, three Pinterest accounts, a couple of YouTube channels, TikTok, uh, a podcast. I've done over 820 episodes on my podcast since March. Um, so I'm very busy. I'm a busy person. And uh, if I can help you in any way, um, uh, then I'm more than happy to do that because I love helping people. And uh, if ever um, I need any help, if you want to help back in return, that's great. If you don't, Absolutely. but if you don't, I'm not bothered anyway because I love I love the helping people anyway. So you know, some people do um, want to help other people because they want something back in return. As I never like that, I never want anything back in return. I just like helping people. I've, I've got a, um, a happiness formula which I created during lockdown, which mm-hmm. is smart smart happiness formula. Uh, it's basically how to be happy is uh, by having plenty of sleep, doing a bit of meditation or mindfulness each day looking after your ability to perform, which is a well-balanced nutritional diet, uh, plenty of hydration, and a bit of exercise every day, 30 minutes minimum, um, random acts of kindness, and target setting, target achievement. And I always recommend doing at least one random acts of kindness per day, but I, I, I try and do about like 100. Wow. That's really good. That's really good. I mean, you know, I get a lot of joy um, from watching people become who I know they were born to be. I get so much joy because I feel like I have this very unique gift. When I meet people, I feel like I can see into their possibilities so extremely clearly. And it's never just one thing because none of us were made for just one thing. We have options, but I can see possibilities so clearly. And many times when I share them with individuals, they are blown away because I can connect all of the different pieces of who they are, you know, what they were born for, what they've learned along the way, and what really causes them to get up in the morning and to keep going. When you connect all of that together, I call that, you know, convergence. When you get that, you know, the world is your oyster. So... I have that unique ability to be able to see that and then help guide people. And how do you really express that in the world in such a way that not only are you helping because helping is important, it's always important for us to give, but because you are a business person, you also want to generate income, you know, eventually not everything you do is uh, service for hire, but eventually you want your business to grow. Yeah. So yeah, I I love watching people grow. I love yeah. watching people grow. 
know, and I call that the magic formula. You know, sometimes like like something I always advise people to do is is um, when they're looking for something different to go into, they should do something that has a bit of everything they've already done. You know, and and continue to use all of the skills that you know, rather than going to something different, utilize everything you've already learned. How can right. I use all the best of everything I've already done into something new? And and if they continue to do that all through their life, and eventually you just keep moving up further and further, up layers, up layers, and more advanced in you know, utilizing, combining everything that you've done. Sometimes they're all there's no synergy, and they're all into you know not interconnected they're all separate things but eventually right. into a position where everything that you've done all of a sudden starts getting interconnected and there's there's synergy and there's a reason why you did that and then this and then this and it, it all comes together in one sort of uh, magic formula yeah and that's why you know i initially started initially started working with you know mature uh <laughs> experts because by the time you get 45 and older, you have learned so much, you know, skills and talents and passions. There's so much inside of you that you can take that, you know, um, all of that goodness inside of you. You can mix it up in many different ways and you can do this with it and that with it and this with it and that with it because you have so many options inside of you. And, you know, the thing that amazes me is sometimes I talk with people and I have this tool. It's a free tool on my website, but it's to help people understand where there are opportunities to generate gigs. So short-term contracts so that they can test things before they spend a lot of time, effort, and money, you know, trying to go in a particular, you know, direction. And so on that tool, it helps people to think back over a lifetime and not abandon anything. You know, I know people who were uh, very artistic when they were young, but their family said, you'll never make any money as an artist. And so they bought into that and went into a profession that they didn't really enjoy. And it's only when they started to reach you know, the age of 48, 49, when they said, you know, there's something that's not fulfilling me here. There's something that's missing. And being able to go back to that, you know, with a, a, a business mindset and, and being able to create value in the world. You know, one uh, woman told me with art that, that she paid her way through college, you know, helping someone who wanted a nursery, you know, wanted a mural on a nursery. That became a business, never intended to be one. You know, I know another person, you know, in art who then taught other people who are in art how to sell their art because she was very successful as an artist and then she became a trainer. There's so many possibilities of, of what we can do. And me teaching people about this whole virtual speaking, you know, it all happened because I was giving, you know, I just started helping people when COVID hit. I started helping solopreneurs because that's my audience is the micro-sized business owner. I started helping them to digitize their business with very foundational, very foundational um, digital tools. And then people were like, well, you always give 
all of these educational courses? Can you bring my program online? And can you help me to do my presentation? And what about my PowerPoint? Your PowerPoints always look so good, but I was just giving. You know, yeah. I was just giving because I, you know, COVID had hit and I was like, well, I can help. And it was one of the people that I was helping who said to me, you've got something here. You should find out if anybody wants to purchase it. And Mike, I put up a, a sales page. I probably told you this. And in five days, I had two customers. I never even promoted it. Mm. And I got about six customers and I don't know, it probably took a few weeks, but the reason I got those customers, not was because I was a genius at marketing. It was because I was a giver and the people that I was giving to other people said, oh yeah, I went to this company TKC and they helped me with this and they helped me with that. And that's how it started. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, that's the best way to get going when you're giving courses is to, is to be a giver. And to, like you said, to, um, to understand that the value you get to start with is the feedback and the, and the beta testing and the, you know, the, the value you get on producing something which you can then take to other people and, and, and give them a demonstrable value because you have some case studies and testimonials about mm -hmm. the impact, et cetera, as well of the of what you're teaching so yeah you know i'm i created a, a happiness formula which i mentioned to you earlier and um, which led me on to create a success formula and there there are two things i want to create ebooks and online courses for myself and i'm probably going to do now christmas time when uh, i have a few weeks off from doing my sales and marketing director job for uh, for a networking events company yeah so i did a um uh my fourth book um, two years ago, and it was called Do the Hustle Without the Hassle. It targeted people 45 plus explaining to them about this online gig marketplace. And I just did a uh, series of webinars for a client. We did two webinars. We had over a thousand people sign up for it. And the reason is because just now, because of COVID, the people who are mature, they're finding that you know, they're being laid off. Not that they, it could be ageism, but it just is because typically that's when you make the most money. So let's get rid of, you know, the 50 year old and buy a couple younger uh, staff people. Um, and so now the interest in the online gig economy is huge. And I'm so thrilled because this is where we're going. This, we're headed, this marketplace is getting ready to expand. Um, corporations now are saying, we didn't think, certain industries, they did not think that they could have a remote workplace. Now they know they can, and now they've run the numbers and they know that, you know, real estate costs decrease, supply costs decrease, equipment costs decrease. Pay, pay is going to go down, which is my prediction, is that worldwide salary. Yeah, because people aren't commuting and they're not spending and they're getting more time and stuff. So people are going to be happy to work for less because people are spending much less at the moment in petrol and in, you know, um, train fares and all of that. So that's always, as soon as employees can get people's pay down, 
they get it down. And I think that's what's going to happen over the next I think that could possibly happen. But you know what I also think is that even if your pay goes down, like you said, you've got fewer expenses, like, you know, my car and putting gas in my car. I, I mean, I keep gas, <laughs> take a gas for like two weeks or three weeks or something like that, where I used to fill up every week. I mean, that by itself is a nice cost savings. But I think the other thing is going to happen is that um, it's going to force us to even get more uh, technologically advanced because there might not be an option of many in-person jobs. So even folks who've been resistant to project management tools and managing remote uh, uh, workers and um, short-term contracts with experts and things like that, that is going to become very commonplace. So we want to make sure that, you know, our mature experts know how to compete and that they are skilled so that they can actually provide some value and keep some income coming in. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. So, um, so obviously, um, you, you haven't done that much pivoting during this time, because you're already doing a lot of uh, what you were doing. But obviously, you know, I suppose the client has done some pivoting and the, the, you know, the, the, the clients have changed now from the ones before COVID to the ones you're getting now, which are, you know, generally a bit more mass market now, whereas before, you know, now everybody is with online courses and all of that. Um, so, so, so you haven't done masses amount of changes to your own business, um, but you, you know, you're doing a lot of different work now, I guess, with your clients. Um, but what's the plans going forward? What's the future look like for you? Are you looking to you know, stay where you are now or, or move again, you know? Well, my, I, I, I would, my plan is as of today, <laughs> we're going to see what else happens in the first quarter of next year. But what, what my plans are is to really spend my time and energy for the next six months, unless I get a signal that I can't ignore. But for the next six months to really build out this virtual speaking platform, we are actually standing up a academy, an online place where you can learn some of these skills if you only want to know about, you know, cameras, lighting, action kind of thing. You can take a course in that. If you want to learn about, you know, making your PowerPoints more exciting for an online audience, you can take a course in that. If you want to learn how to find, you know, these virtual speaking opportunities, the free ones and how you monetize, we have a course for that. For business people, the whole piece around, you know, how do you use public speaking as one of your business development strategies? And so learning that. Um, so we'll have various courses there, but we will also have a certification uh, available for people who want to become professional virtual presenters so that when the company hires you, they know that you know your stuff in terms of you're familiar with the platform, you know how to look professional uh, on camera, you have PowerPoints, you have the 
um, delight and excite formula down pat. That's something I trademarked about how do you bring in third-party apps when needed in a virtual environment so that you make your trainings more interesting and more stimulating. Because we know like 70% of people who attend trainings online, they're multitasking. And that's okay, but there are ways that you can limit that so that they'll pay more attention to you. So, you know, if someone is certified, then the company will know that they're hiring the best of the best, that these people are prepared to deliver, you know, training um, online in sales, customer service. We're going to be offering all of that. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So that's quite a comprehensive um, offering. Yeah, that's 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 uh, what we want to do. And, you know, um, if you take like we have a beta for this virtual presenter certification and we're taking that and we're kind of chopping up some of the content to make the standalone classes. Um, but we really want people to have a really well-rounded understanding of this whole space. And of course, the people who are just like still afraid of talking online because they just don't yeah. want to, you know, do the public speaking. Uh, there are a lot of salespeople. Um, I trained this one salesperson. And when we started, you know, it was uh, head down, reading a script, PowerPoints just loaded with information. And by the time we finished, she was confident, competent, and creative in how she was going to approach her sales presentations and she gave me a fabulous testimonial so yeah well, you still got to deal with the fear factor right yes, yes definitely um, i probably have to do that myself the reason i started my podcast in march was because i wanted to, you know i've been in sales and marketing for a long time and you know anyone ignoring video marketing and, and, and video creation etc is a bit stupid really at this moment in time because video is overtaking every other form of, of marketing so if you can't speak on video and you're not confident enough to speak on video then you're, you're missing the biggest trick and uh, and so I started my podcast and I, I've been blogging for 15 years I've been in sales and marketing all my life since I was 11 you know as, as an entrepreneur I was 11 in employed sales from 15 and in management from 18 and I spent my entire life speaking to other people to sell, you know, and not just one-on-one, -on -one, but, uh, you know, C-level board rooms of 10 and 12 people, example. But I still had to get comfortable with speaking on a camera. Right. right. We all have to, no matter how much we've spoken before for our careers or our lives, so many people don't want to get onto a camera because they're worried about what other people are going to think or because they're going to mess it up. We all have those sort of stages to go through. So I started with a podcast. I thought, well, it's easier to start with audio only. And then you switch to video and you start doing audio and video. And eventually you just become second nature because once you've done anything a lot of times, it becomes easier for you to cope with. And, you know, this is the thing. It really does depend on your audience. You know, there are people who they prepare nothing. They have no notes they come online and they speak their truth and they have hundreds of thousands of followers. Hopefully they know how to convert those followers. 
but it really does depend on your market. Now for my market, I can't just come online, you know, uh, get out of the bed, jump on camera and just start talking about anything. That's not my market. You know, I go after corporate speaking engagements and they want to see still a very professional presentation. So it really does depend on your market, um, you know, how your profile looks, your background looks, all of that stuff is market driven. And that's the thing that people really want to understand. You know, I tell people that, you know, there are, it's a really easy strategy that, you know, I've been teaching about thought leadership. It is so simple. It, it, it just, you know, they don't believe it's so simple. But first of all, you got to do something. So if you are already doing something, meaning that you're doing something and people know that you do it well, right? Not that you think yeah. you do it well. It's proven that you've got some expertise in the area. So you do something, you speak something, you write something and you teach something. That's it. That's my formula for thought leadership. Yeah. And you know, I tell people all the time, if you put those four strategies into place and you can, you know, you can strategically go from one to the next where one, like you said, you're starting off with podcasting, then you're going to add the video, then you're going to add both. So that's a strategy for how you want to do that. And if you're building thought leadership, you can do the same thing. You know, you start off with one, you get a handle on one. See, the problem with most people, especially these days, nobody wants to focus. But if you focus, there's, there's, there's like nothing more powerful than the human mind that's focused on a task. I don't care if it's only for 20 minutes, you know, and you go on to the next thing. But when you focus on something, you master it much quicker than if you're doing 10 things at the same time. So, you know, building thought leadership is not that hard. It doesn't have to take forever to do. You do have to put effort in it, of course, Um, but you can be very strategic in how you spend your energy. And it's not that, it's not that difficult to do. Um, You know, and of course, once you start to write something, it's got to be something good. There are so many people who are just writing these books and a lot of these books really are no good, you know, uh, but there'll be some people who are impressed because, you know, there's a group of people who just can't fathom writing a book. And if you can, you're an expert. Um, but I come from the school of, um, you know, when I did my first three books, I had two publishers. You know, I just, this last book I did, I did it, you know, self-published, but I understand what a good book is and it's not, you know, playing the games on Amazon. Everybody knows how to do an Amazon bestseller these days. I mean, you can make that a bestseller out of trash, (laughs) but I'm talking about something like being a thought leader. So people in your industry will read it and then they tell other experts in the industry oh, you got to talk to this person. You know, they got a great book about, you know, whatever the subject matter is. So, yeah, I mean, we're in exciting times, Mike. I mean, I'm loving this time right now. The, the possibilities are so wide 
open for us. Yeah, I just definitely. don't want people to miss it. No, that's it. You know, um, you know, there are going to be winners and losers out of this situation, and you just got to try everything you can to make sure you you, you haven't got the L. You know what I mean? You know, right. whether you win in a little bit or a lot. You know, as long as you're winning, then that's much better than the, the ones who are going to be losing after the situation. And, you know, I wrote my first book myself at the beginning of lockdown. I haven't published it yet, but I'm going to self-publish it soon, maybe over Christmas. Um, but then I'm going to write two more books. I've got two more books in me already, one for the happiness formula and one for the success formula. So, um, you know, it's just a case of sitting down, like you said, focusing on it and getting it done. And uh, I know I can do that when I'm not distracted, like at Christmas time when, when things are pulled out of it, you know. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I, I'm thinking about um, updating my last book, uh, doing a second edition because it is just like now becoming extremely popular because of COVID. Um, what book's so that? I, what book's that? Is that the hustle one? Do do um, do the hustle without the, the hustle, hustle without the hustle? Is that that one? Yes. I love the title of that. It's a great title. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I've got a fifth book that actually is very close to being finished. Um, timing wise, I think I'm going to hold on to it. I might do a different title next. I'm going to hold on to that until after uh, COVID. I, I, I want to hold on to that until after people, you know, feel a little more comfortable with just life. Well, my uh, my book is about uh, how how I suffered during the um, credit crunch and, and and what I did to get myself over that. And I don't know whether I've been procrastinating on publishing it or not because I wrote it in a day. Um, I wrote it in twenty four hours from Wednesday to Thursday, something like the twenty third of March. Um, but I haven't published it since, so I wrote it in a day. But I've been procrastinating on it, and I don't know whether that's because it features my ex-wife um, <laughs> and not in a great light because of I went through a divorce with her and, and, and whatever. Um, and, and, and I don't know whether it's because I don't want to publish it without at least having a chat with her and explaining to her in person and not just in case time and restricted access type thing, what I've written and why I've written it, etc. cetera. Um, or whether I want to edit some of it because it was a warts and all thing but I may want to just edit a bit before I go to publish or whether actually because in the back of my mind I think I want the book to help people overcome similar situations that they get into financial strain and divorces and all that sort of thing which is what's going to happen from this situation but I don't think that's all really kicked in yet I think, you know, that's going to happen a lot of the problems because yeah. people have been, you know, held together by bandages, if you like, and sticky back plastic, you know, with furloughs and bonuses and all that. And it's only really when all of that support gets removed where we really see the full effect of a pandemic. Well, you know, with your book, you might want to consider a couple options. One is... There's always a way to share your personal story without sharing your personal story. So 
you can turn it into a story where the names have been changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. (laughs) And just, you know, tweak it such that, you know, anybody that would relate to it don't see the details of their life so that they can then sue you. Um, So you can always write it in such a way that it's disguised. It's quite hard you know, though to write. It's quite hard to write about, you know, a divorce without it being the other person. Well, no, you you can do it. Divorce, you can you? you can you can actually do that because you can, you know, you make up the fictional characters, the the points that you're making. Um, you can still make um, the actual factual on this date, this happened, this date, that happened, you may have to twist that around some so that nobody reading it will say, oh, this is that situation. And then you can extrapolate all of the uh, learning. The lessons, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that you want to The other thing you can do, the other thing you can do is give it to an editor who's going to be objective and who can tell you if the lessons that are being taught are more, you know, powerful um, so that people will walk away with something because sometimes, especially when it's our story, we get into the nuances of the story and the lessons aren't big enough to support the story because everybody has a story. You know, I I tell people the story of of my son being diagnosed with cancer at age 12. Everybody doesn't have that story, but the lessons that I pull out of that. And at the time, you know, I had a crazy family situation too, but I pull the lessons out of that and I present them in such a way so that people who don't have children you know, diagnosed with cancer can take those lessons and apply it to their lives. Yeah. So the, 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 the message has to be bigger than the story. The story is support. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the story just gives background, but the, yeah, the, the lessons in my book are, 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 are about um, resilience and, and right. moving forward and goal setting and, you know, um, achievement and overcoming, you know, mental, you know, depression maybe, or right. that type of stuff. Like, you know what I mean? There's, 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 there's this stuff in there which some people are in that position right now from COVID and, and, and would like to read that inspiration and, that, and, and learn those lessons. Right? Right. The, mass, the mass market for that lesson still hasn't come yet. So I think so. So in my head, I don't know whether I'm procrastinating because I'm a sales and marketeer, and I understand the biggest market is still around the corner, or whether the diplomat in me is. So I don't actually know. I, I couldn't tell you. But all I know is, when you procrastinate over something, you do it for a reason, and, and uh-huh. that's the only two reasons that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you, you when, when you have your free time at, at Christmas, you, you'll figure that out. I need to do a couple of days meditation on it and then um, work out what I want to do from there, I think. So uh, anyway, it's been uh, uh, great to have you on the podcast and um, to you know find out more about you and what you do. 
Um, so thank you very much for coming on. Thank uh, you. I appreciate uh, you having me. No problem at all. And just uh, before we go, just leave some uh, contact information and web addresses and that sort of thing, how um, people can get in touch with you if they decide that uh, they want you to be their next trainer or they want to collaborate with you in some way or, you know, find out how they can uh, master the art of becoming a top virtual speaker. Um, sure. Um, they can find me on LinkedIn. I am the real Angela Heath. <laughs> and um, also they can take a look at the Virtual Speaking Academy at www.virtualspeakingacademy.com. It's virtualspeakingacademy.com. My website is TKC Incorporated, spelled out, <laughs> dot com, TKC Incorporated.com. But Yes, I'm willing to um, connect with people. I always offer a 30-minute free consultation around anything related to um, starting a lifestyle business or how to make your speaking online more effective and get more comfortable with that whole process. So I offer 30 minutes free if people are interested. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, well, uh, like I said, thank you very much for coming on and uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day because for me it's about 10 o'clock at night, but for you it's probably only about 5 o'clock, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, good. Okay, All thank right, you. Mike. And uh, it's Great. been a pleasure. Same here, same here. Thank you so much. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.